Today, there are two million descendants of French-Canadian immigrants living in New England. These are our stories. Welcome to the French-Canadian Legacy Podcast. Venez tous jeunes filles et garçons, je vais vous raconter l'histoire de notre immigration ici au USA, de grands aventuriers de pays This is the French-Canadian Legacy Podcast. I'm Mike Campbell, filling in for Jesse, who's in Quebec City on assignment. This week's guest is a friend of the show and part of the reason this show exists. Timothy Bollier has helped organize one of the largest poutine festivals outside of Quebec, and he's here to talk about the delicious and spooky Poutine Fest's return. Tim, welcome back to the French-Canadian Legacy Podcast. Mike, thanks for having me. I'm glad that Jesse gave you the keys to the uh, the ship here uh, <laughs> to kick <laughs> off. Uh, before I get in, I just wanted to give a, a you know a quick shout out to our friends in Louisiana. I know Scott and Rudy at the New Foundation and, and Joseph Dunn. I've become you know pretty friendly with those folks, and I know they're going through a hard time. So it's fun to talk about spooky poutine, poutine right now. But um, you know, I just want to know we're, we're thinking of them, and, and definitely, if you have the money to donate to the causes in Louisiana, definitely something to think about to our listeners. This will probably still be going on when this airs. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for mentioning that. We will link. We'll put a bunch of links in the descriptions of how you can help. They're great people down there. Have been very friendly with us, and uh, we're yeah. sending them best wishes. Absolutely. Could you give us a quick history of the New Hampshire Poutine Fest? Yeah, so and I'm sure your listeners are very familiar. So um, this will be the sixth edition of the New Hampshire Poutine Fest. Uh, you know, we've been planning this all the way back in the mid 2010s, 2015. Planning went underway. We had our first in 2016 in Manchester. Um, we used to be at a Double A AA baseball stadium, work with the team, um, did that for a few years. We outgrew the space that we were provided. We're down at Anheuser Busch um, in Merrimack, New Hampshire, about 15 minutes from Manchester, about an hour north of Boston. Um, to your point, we're the largest uh, Putin event outside of um, outside of Canada. I don't want to compare. I don't want to compare with the Canadians and uh, the Quebecois. Um, so we're the biggest in the United States at the moment. Um, we have been trying to figure out how to come back. It looked like October was a potential date. So uh, so here we are. Yes, that is awesome. If you remember, Tim was our very first guest on our very first episode, and we were talking about Poutine Fest 2019, which was at Anheuser-Busch in Merrimack, where I believe this one will be too, right? That's right. It's going to be at Anheuser-Busch in a slightly different location. Uh, for those who attended before, we're going to be up around the beer garden, which is a co- cool little space with like a, you know, uh, like a little uh, function hall, um, stage, um, still a nice big grass area for people to spread out, though. That is awesome. It was I had a blast going around talking to people, meeting a lot of people uh, in 2019. And in 2020, you did a, a little pivot because <laughs> of everything that was going on and made it uh, virtual, but still wanted to promote and help out the vendors who have always helped the Poutine Fest in the past, right? Yeah, thanks Thanks for mentioning that. I kind of glazed over that, Mike. Yeah, we did uh, uh, the Poutine Fest Roadshow. Um, in 2020, um, we were trying everything we could to come back, but it just wasn't going to be feasible with all the, the laws and regulations and a lot of folks to your point at our vendors who were not back to work. Um, so we brought as many folks as we could to visit our, you know, our restaurants. They've always had our back. Um, and we were lucky enough that some that weren't able to attend, you know, due to either scheduling or distance in the past, um, were able to participate. So we weren't just in New Hampshire this time. We were also in Maine. That was great. I, I have the T-shirt and I checked the boxes of places that I, <laughs> I was able to attend. I saw a lot of good stuff on social media of people still 
still living living the event as as different as it had to be but it was still seemed very enjoyable so we had the virtual year but why was it so important to bring putin fest back uh in person you know there's a couple of different reasons why it's so important so we you know as as you'll kind of if you follow a lot of this online and i know a lot of your listeners do um they're probably doing their ancestry they're probably reading you know david burmett or patrick lacroix they're they're up to date on some of these things. Maybe they're reading Modern Franco's. Probably someone you should read. Those are very good blogs. We have some momentum in the community, and um, I don't want to see that go away. Times like this, where something goes away for a while, people lose interest, goes away. And I, I really don't want that to happen. Um, you know, it, the mission to support the language and the culture in New England isn't something that's going to go away when COVID's here, when COVID's gone. So. Keeping that that flame alive, so that you know the next generation will have you know a torch to carry um, that's you know been well taken care of and and uh, and ready to go was important to me and, and important to you know you know the folks at the Franco American Center who um, who work you know pretty darn closely with me on it um, and I know it's important to a lot of our you know I'll say the Putiniac Putiniacs but you know they love this event and they're you know ready to do stuff. That's the feedback we got. When you come back, when you coming back. So it's kind of that combination of making sure our culture and language are um, the momentum for its rebirth is still there and keeping that momentum with Putin going because the two are kind of going to be connected in the future is how I see it. Putin will be something you view as Quebecois, but the Franco-Americans um, celebrate as part of their culture too. Um, that's kind of the end goal with this. When you think of Putin, you think of us. Maybe not beaver tails and uh, <laughs> maple <laughs> leaves. Though, hey, we love the maple leaf, but we know where it really comes from. So I know planning is still underway. The event okay. is in October. But do you have a, a short list of some of the vendors that might be there? Yes. So um, we're very fortunate. Some of our old reliables are coming back. Um, we have New England's Tap House Grill, which is always uh, you know, one of our staples. Um, the Red Arrow, um, who's all over New Hampshire. And then a couple some new folks with the Hollis House of Pisa, who did the road show. Um, who's going to be making their debut, as well as Gravy and Hot Mess Putin, um, who's been a guest on the show. Um, she'll be there, our f- our, uh, the, Stark Brewery. I was just going to say, uh, I don't want to like say it, but I would say that's the official food truck of the French Canadian Legacy podcast. And I <laughs> hope sure Renee is okay with that, that title. Yeah, I'll, I, I'm sure I'm sure she would be. And then uh, we have, uh, I think I got just about everyone, we have Stark Brewery, um, Kimball's Cavern, who was uh, with us uh, back in Manchester, is making their Merrimack debut. We're pretty excited to have them back there up in Concord, New Hampshire. We have a wait list right now. We have a few spots open at the moment, but we have 10 or 15 interested vendors. Um, I like to keep it around 10 to 12. That puts you at, you know, just under two pounds of poutine. Um, and to be <laughs> honest with you, I think that's enough. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Can you talk about some of the planning? You, you're scaling it down just a little bit, but yeah. so are things planning it a little different? Yeah, things are a little different this time. Um, as we've been saying for the last couple of years, um, we did scale back a little bit. We're probably about uh, 75, 70% capacity. Um, our concern right now, where we are, um, you know, we've been in co- close contact with the, the local and state government as far as regulations, masks, um, vaccines, and all that stuff. Um, New Hampshire for the most part, is pretty easy to work with. Um, we're, we're able to kind of make our call. So for a safety perspective, we reduced capacity slightly to allow for spacing. And the other part is piece, I think, was, you know, making sure our restaurants could do it. You know, there's, there's been, a, you know, there's, basically it's hard to find staffing right now. Um, they're, they're struggling in that department. 
Um, and I'll say everyone we have is a great employer. So think about it. But, um, you know, uh, we found some vendors that were able to do it and we've offered to give them some volunteer support. So we'll probably be, you'll probably see more of our folks behind the tables this time than normal. Um, that's just to make sure that, you know, the chefs are there, the folks who know the, how, how a restaurant works. But, you know, as far as scooping poutine, I mean, that's a pretty so I think we can handle that and not screw it up too bad. Um, so we'll be helping out a few of the vendors this year. And it's back at the brewery, mm-hmm. but just not in the big giant field as last year, closer to the beer garden. Yeah, close to the beer garden. And, you know, there's been some, cha- you know, because of COVID, you know, there's been changes over at Budweiser. Um, you know, they're very comfortable with us being in that space. Um, it's a reduced capacity for all already. They reduced us already in what we could bring in to, compared to prior years. And that was a really good number. But um, for the way our lines are and things like that, we took it back in a little bit more. But they've been, you know, super straightforward with us, and, and they're always great to work with. Um, so yeah, we'll be up by the beer garden. Okay, and when exactly is the event? So it's October twenty third, twenty twenty one. We all, again have our two our staggered entry, um, where we have the premiere tickets coming in at eleven thirty. And then um, general admission will be at 1245, and the event goes to 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Awesome. And when can we expect tickets to go on sale? Tickets go on sale September 18th at 10 a.m. Um, at nhpatinfest.com. You can link off our Facebook page, um, facebook.com backslash nhpatinfest. Um, I think we'll tweet it out, too. It's We're at nhpatinfest. Um, so lots of ways to find it. But, yeah, 10 a.m. the 18th. Yeah, and we'll be sharing that link, and that is this Saturday. 10 a.m. Tickets go on sale. Do not, you say, as we say, do not sleep on tickets. Tickets sell, have sold out in the past and they reduce capacity. Um, I'm, I'm going to assume they're going to sell out again. Yeah. So we're forecasting a sellout probably on that day. I mean, pe- obviously, we s- totally understand where people are hesitant um, to come back to in person events. Um, so, you know, some of our Poutiniacs will not be coming, but the response we're getting just from people reaching out and, you know, we always contact. So at this point in time, when this airs, we've already contacted our prior attendees. Um, so they all know tickets are up. Um, yeah, it probably will be one of our faster sellouts just because of that reduction in, in tickets. 10 a.m. this Saturday, New Hampshire Poutine That's right. And do you think, Tim, hate to put you on a sp- on the spot, we could snag a couple of tickets to give away for a contest uh, as it, as we get closer to the event? I wasn't prepped with this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure, we would. I'd love to do that. Um, you know, we can give you a couple, a pair of tickets to come to the event. Um, I'll let Jesse back in. Now he's he'll be back in the U.S. by then, right? Well, he's actually sadly he's going to be driving that day. What? He'll be coming. Yeah, he'll be in transit. So if we can get him to leave at about three o'clock in the morning. He'll do I think he might be able to attend and catch the last hour. So yeah, I'm sure he won't take a few last views in. You know, he'll just want to get right back and get to try American Putin again. Yeah, know, sure. Well, um, well, I have the actual yeah. uh, right from the source <laughs> when right. you can get up at three in the morning to drive. That's right. And are we expecting people from all over New England again? Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, that's the hope. I mean, there's there's no, I mean, at right now, and I know that's a few, like a month out, there's no travel restrictions. There's never been a travel restrictions to New Hampshire to any of the New England states. Uh, you know, a great deal of our attendees come from the Metro Boston area, um, and that's who we're reaching out to us about tickets again. So I expect there to be a, uh, a strong contingent from there in the North Shore. 
Um, we always get folks from Maine or Vermont too. Um, in Connecticut and Rhode Island, we do get some folks from there as well. I remember we, we, we interviewed people from each state uh, last time we were there. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, no, it, it's great. I mean, it, you know, we trend around New England a little bit. We did get a handful of volunteers from Quebec. Um, and we had probably, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but, you know, quite a few attendees from Canada who just happened to be in New Hampshire and va- coming on vacation. So I hope, I mean, the thing that kind of is unfortunate, I don't, the border will not be open when tickets go on sale. So I don't think we'll have many of our Canadian friends attending this year. To give us our feedback on how much our poutine isn't as good as theirs, we get it. <laughs> um, but I think but it's pretty very, very, very close. I think it's pretty darn good. I mean, we've tried every single one that comes and we've been to them and you're not going to find anyone better um, around the region. I, I think particularly for New Hampshire and Maine really kill it with poutine. Maybe it's that border we share with Quebec, but I mean, they're doing a good job. So we're, we're very happy to have them back all back. And a lot of these places just overall have it on the menu. So even if you can't make it to the festival, you can still support these businesses. Yes. And, you know, I highly recommend going to them after to try the full portion. But yes, um, every single uh, attendee who's coming this year, um, it is a regular menu item for them. Um, I'm glad you spoke on that. There was a few that did as a specialty item that, you know, because of shortages, labor and materials, a lot of our folks who did it kind of as a one off aren't offering it right now, which is kind of sad for us. Um, but hopefully it comes back when things go back to normal in 2025. Who knows when? Um, yeah. uh, so, of course, now we got to get to the hard-hitting, important questions. <laughs> will there be a championship belt this year? Yes, there will be a championship belt. Um, so, as you can kind of see, we're doing the spooktacular, um, is what we're calling it, um, because you know, people encourage to wear costumes. We're going to have some uh, our you know T-shirts will be uh, Halloween-inspired french swag um so the belt will be that way too so we're planning on doing a very similar style belt but you'll probably see a different style logo in the front the vendors who usually win it hanging over their bar so you'll have the special one to display this year so for those who don't know like a you think of a wwe wrestling championship belt you give to the winners that's right yeah yeah wwe style belt big wrestling belt is uh, what the winners get and how are the winners decided? So the winners are decided by the attendees. Um, we used to do judges. Um, we had, you know, some some chefs and, and uh, other professionals. But we were hearing from a lot of attendees. They didn't agree. So we gave the power back to the people in 2019, and we gave every attendee a poker chip. Um, they used to have a say in prior voting, but now it's all them. Um, so now that poker chip is kind of your vote to say who's the best. Um, so, yeah, the, the attendees vote on the winner. That's awesome. And we were we were lucky enough to carry around the championship belt. People loved taking pictures with it. Uh, and you mentioned you can come in costume because it's I'm going to say it's like the weekend before Halloween, right? So we can be. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's what kind of fun thing about this. It's a little bit cooler. So <laughs> usually our event is, you know, anywhere between like 85 and 90 degrees. It feels like the last couple of years in June. Um, this is kind of cool. The average temperature in Uh, October for Merrimack is like around 55, 60 during the daytime. So comfortable to be outside in a costume. I mean, Budweiser has all their full beer lineup on tap and seltzers for the old people like me who don't drink as much beer as they (laughs) used to. Um, So it's kind of a fun Halloween party with Putin. We're planning some contests too. We have a DJ. We have DJ Darren Waugh. 
who's uh, a local to Merrimack, who's, uh, who does a lot of stuff for um, some of the different running organizations in the area. So he's used to doing this kind of stuff. We'll have some, some surprises with that. That's awesome. And I, not that there's ever a wrong temperature to eat poutine, but when I think <laughs> 50s, 60s, a little bit better than 80s and 90s. Yes, there's never a wrong temperature, but it'll probably be easier to house almost two pounds of poutine in 55-degree weather as opposed to 90. <laughs> and can you confirm if spooky poutine is actually better than just normal, regular poutine? So, you know, I've been the, I've been to a handful of restaurants in October that do poutine. I've never had spooky poutines. This is the first time for me, too. So, you know, I'll say it'll have more orange around it, maybe. I don't know if it's better, but it'll be more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Trendsetter Tim, we've always called you, and introducing spooky poutine to the area is fantastic. <laughs> and we thank you for doing that. Yeah. Uh, so again, October 23rd. That's right. I don't want to say, is it VIP, do we call it? We say premier. <laughs> premier, sorry. Premier tickets. Premier uh, tickets get you in yeah. a little bit early. Yeah. General admission gets you in an hour later. Tickets go on sale. Yeah. yeah, plenty of time. Uh, tickets go on sale this Saturday at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. And Tim, while we have you here, is there any any other projects you're currently working on that we can talk about? Yeah, I mean, sure. There's there's always so much going on in the, uh, the Franco-American, French-Canadian world. Obviously, this this past year, we've been uh, the Rive de Gaillon is a uh, Frank, uh, Facebook group that we that Luke Trepanier and I started. Um, Back in, uh, I want to say, April 2020, when we thought, hey, we'll do this for a few months and get people excited, and I'll see you in the summer. Um, <laughs> but uh, so that's become a really interesting group. We have, um, you know, authors, event planners, business owners. It's it's a group that's focused on, like, the now. So there's lots of French-Canadian groups out there, either on Facebook, Reddit, wherever you go. Lo- they all talk about the past. Love Ancestry, going to count myself. But that's kind of a gap. Like we really don't know much about each other. So the Quebecois don't know about us and we don't know much about them. So this has been a unique opportunity to kind of speak off the cuff a little bit in a group uh, with people who are open to what you have to say. So that's been really fun getting to know some of the folks in Quebec um, and then introducing them to, to kind of our culture a little bit. And, you know, hey, how come you guys speak English so much and things like that? It's been uh, pretty cool. Yeah, that's a fantastic group. We will link it into the uh, into the show description. All right, Tim. Well, thank you so much for coming coming back on the show. Our very first guest. Excited to talk about New Hampshire Poutine Fest Spooktacular October twenty third at the Anheuser Busch Brewery in in uh, Merrimack, New Hampshire. Tickets go on sale this Saturday at ten a.m. Eastern time at NewHampshirePoutineFest.com. That's right. Yeah. And again, you want to set an alarm for this because these tickets are going to go fast. It is an amazing event. Tim, thank you for all the amazing work you've done and to bring this back. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. Love the, love the podcast. You guys have really become a force uh, in the community. It's pretty awesome. Can't wait to have Jesse back too. <laughs> yeah. He's, and when, when you're dining on Putin on October 23rd, just think of his like six-hour car ride he's got. That's right. Thanks, Mike. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Now our fathers look at us and sigh with despair To think that everything they love we simply do not share But the spirit never dies, our culture will survive 
Each of us must choose how much to keep alive. Each of us must choose how much to keep alive. Special thanks to Josie Vashon for providing the music. You can find more about her at josievashon.com. This podcast was produced and edited by Mike Campbell. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at fclpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at fclpodcast for more information about the topics discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this episode.